notes. And you ought to be really happy about that one. See? <laughs> but if I don't have notes, there's no place to stop. Hallelujah. Just continue on. My, I, I don't know, y'all. It, there's just a, uh, there's just such a free spirit of liberty in this place. Carol, and I am. I didn't just say that just as part of my duty, but it really is really good to see you back. And, and, uh, and Sister Valerie, and I could just stay over in this corner here. Amen. These are faithful people. It's just for, out for this reason and that reason. And amen. Just great to see you and all the rest of you. Amen. But the Spirit of the Lord is here in the Bible, which said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And um, hallelujah. Mm. First Corinthians. I'll try. First Corinthians chapter 1, very first. And I, I, I normally don't preach on this. But I, I, I felt like using it for a, it's like a springboard. Uh, Chad talked about, you know, truth today. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We know what the truth is. The truth is the Word of God. The Bible said in the beginning was the Word in the book of John. The Word was with God. And guess what else it was? The Word was God. Not a separate person from God. Jesus is truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Truth will change you. It's hard for us to accept it. I'm telling somebody just back here. It's one of my common statements. We got drugs to deal with. We got alcohol to deal with. We got all kinds of things that people get hooked on. Addicted to. But there's nothing more addictive than tradition. So truth has to work its way through. I mean, it's the real, it's the thing, all right? But it has to work its way through all of the things that, you know, that it's really not true. And y'all know what truth is. If you go into a court of law right now, now a little bit of truth is not truth. (laughs) That's where the enemy and the flesh it's really comfortable and like to get you, well, we, it's okay with this church. That's why people can just land anywhere. It don't matter where they are. And I don't mean to be a stick in the mud, but I can't go and promote someplace that don't preach the true plan of salvation. You know, that's one of those absolutes. Some people just go anywhere. Oh, they're sweet. Oh, they, oh, they just, listen, you, and that's true. You can go feel the prayer where the, where people worship and give praise to, guess, you know, God will be there. He promised he would. But that, that's the category of people that's going to meet God in the end. Well, I'm getting really strong here, but don't worry. I'm going to preach something more productive and up, upbeat, but I think it should be said. In the last days, people are going to meet God and they're going to say, Lord, didn't we do many mighty works in your name? We just do good works, but we even cast out devils in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I don't know who you are. That's what, he, that's what he meant when he said, I never knew you. And knew in that context means relationship. God said, I didn't have a relationship with you. But you know what God said? He said, he, Jesus told his disciples, he said, you're going to be hated of all men for what? Not because you talk in tongues. They do that on TV now. 
I remember, I've been long enough, I've been long enough, living long enough, and I remember when people was ashamed of that. You know, that was just something done in a corner. Now it's done on TV. It's popular to do that. That's not why you're hated. You shout and run the aisles. You can see that on TV. You see people falling out. You know, on the Jimmy Swaggart show. All of that is popular nowadays. He didn't say that's why you'd be hated because people, you know, they go through the motions and they praise and they, they shout and they got good choirs and they have good preaching. But he said, you will be hated of all men for my name's sake. Somebody's getting baptized here today. You know what? That's how you take on the name. That's how you, that's how you do it. You're buried with him. By the way, it didn't say them, all right? You're buried with him. in The way you do that, you call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over that person. Amen. And that's what the world hates. Tradition don't like it. And they'll fight you. And it's almost without fail. We get some convert in here. And they'll have an uncle or an aunt or somebody or something. They don't even care about really. But when they find out, they got more of those holy roller, Pentecostal, apostolic, Jesus name, one God churches. Then they start, and I see it. I see it all. I don't know why I'm telling this, but there will be a, a, a seed of fear. We know the guy and his wife that you visited. Yeah, I, I, I didn't hear him. I didn't see it personally, but I've seen it happen over and over. And I knew immediately what happened. He was the greatest guy. God filled him with the spirit. We baptized him in Jesus' name. He was so excited, never knew that was even in the Bible. But he went to be with his religious friends. And the next time we saw him, he acted like, he was fearful. He acted like we had the plague. I said, "Mm, I know what happened. Somebody said, man, you got to watch out for those people. (laughs) They go off the deep end. They way, 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 way out there. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody... Hey, hey, listen, call our hand on it. If I preach something here and you don't know if it, after church, says, hey, I want to know about it. Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to show you chapter and verse. And remember what? Heaven and earth shall pass away. But one jot or one tittle. In the original, you know what that is? That's one dot of an I and one cross of a T. That's that little language, you know, Greek and Hebrew that I don't understand. I don't know what those little marks mean when I look up words. That's what he's talking about. Even one of those little marks, none of that's going to change. And I was going to tell you a while ago, you get truth, you go into a court of law, amen, and they ask you before you take that stand, do you promise to tell the whole truth? And here's how they say it, and nothing but the truth. When you say yes, what that simply means is, is that... They don't want a part of a truth because just a part of a truth is an untruth. They don't want any more than the truth because you add to it. That's why God said if you add or take away, that's what I'm going to do with you in eternity. I'm going to add or take away in your portion. So it's true. We're talking about truth. That's truth. So just give me the truth. We'll just take that and we don't want anything added taken away because when you take away or leave out, then it's not true. And you, apparently you won't be free. When you know the truth, you shall be free. First Corinthians, one, y'all still okay? All right, got your attention now. Some of you are looking at me like, uh-oh, what's he gonna do now? 
First Corinthians, first chapter, and we'll begin at verse 26 and go through verse 29. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, nor many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. In verse 29, why? This is the reason why. That no flesh should glory in his presence. I want to preach about ordinary people today. Ordinary people. Just regular folks. That's who I want to preach to today. Shake hands with a couple people. Smile at them. Amen. Then, then when you get done, smile back up here at me. <laughs> Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I don't know why, but when I find or hear or see someone that is operating possibly in the gifts of the Spirit, and by the way, the Bible tells us to pray earnestly for that, uh, and I see someone, what I feel like is mightily used of God, uh, it, it seems to me like that it, just my carnal human way of thinking is that that is a very, very special individual. He is talented. He has abilities beyond. But the, but the real truth is he's just a, a regular person that God has placed his hand. The reason he is extraordinary, amen, it's because of the presence and the power of the Lord, amen. These ordinary people, these regular folk, that's the ones God blesses. That's the ones I want us to, it, it's not, he doesn't go around picking, you know, the, the, the multi-talented and the, and, the, and the wise and the smart or the intelligent, no, no, you know, he, in fact, here's how I feel. I feel like God comes into a room and he looks around and he finds the most unqualified, most unlikely person in the room and then he calls that person to preach. That's how I felt like, I, be, I said, God, there's so many, when I wrestle with it and struggle with it as a young person, uh, you know, I, it just wouldn't leave me alone. Uh, that's how I reasoned that. Uh, God, there's so many people that are much more qualified than I am. Why wouldn't you pick them? You, there must be some mistake. But God knows what he's doing because when this thing happens, when it begins to take place, then folks can't say, wow, this man is super intelligent and he has everything going. No, no, they have to, especially when you get to know who I am, amen, you say, you know what? The guy has nothing, you know, really extraordinary. He's just a normal guy. So here's what we have to do. We have to give glory and honor to who it belongs to. It belongs to God. And so obviously somehow, amen, God chose to use this guy. 
Amen. But but God blesses just ordinary people. And, and, and maybe, you know, because sometimes we get to thinking, man, that's just out of reach for me. I can't do that. I can't live like that. Uh, Chad brought it out this morning about how, you know, uh, Kyla, she's about to be two years old in about a week. And, uh, you know, you don't start, you know, Kyla out mowing grass with the lawnmower. You don't start her doing that. You don't, you don't start her in the kitchen cooking. We, we, you know, it's a good way to put it, you know, because it's too dangerous for her. She's not qualified for that yet. But you work into that. When God calls you, listen, you just start where you are. You just do what you can do. Nobody's gonna airlift you up to a pulpit and have you preach or minister to thousands of people uh, when you're not qualified. We, we, the spirit world is just like the natural in type. Amen. You, you know, he talked this, he called this a born again experience. When you're born as a baby, you know, you, you, you're expected to do what babies do. And you know, by the way, the evidence of the Holy Ghost, to, you know, according to scripture is tongues. That's how people, I understand, I know that there are folks now that when they get two goosebumps, folks say, they were born again. No, they wasn't. They felt the presence of the Lord. Amen. But the born again experience comes with a lot of things. It does come with goosebumps and it does come with tears and shouting and, you know, emotions, all of that. But there's a common sign, amen, and that's the tongue. They spoke with tongues. That's the spirit of the Lord. I know people are like, oh, you think you got to do that? No, I, I get to do that. That's a sign, amen. And Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Didn't say it might. Didn't say there were certain special people. These signs, and one of them is tongues. But when our babies were born, that's why we got Pentecostals that feel like they have to speak in fluent tongues. We have, you know, we came from ultra conservative. Y'all, some of y'all think I am, but you don't know what you're talking about. I am liberal as I can be when it comes, when we compare to real conservatives, Brother Green. There was folks that they, they'd get in the altar and they'd listen, they'd watch people and they would put their ear. I remember seeing it. And I, and I go down in that Bible belt every once in a while and get to preach. And, I, and uh, you can't change that. You just preach and just leave them alone. Uh, but but they, when, when the people begin to speak, they have to not only speak in tongues, but they have to speak fluent tongue. That's not scriptural. That's not biblical. I can say that here because I'm the bishop here. I'm doing the teaching right now. The prophet said, for with stammering lips and another tongue. I don't, I don't feel like they say a couple little things. You know, that's, I don't feel like claiming people because you can do a jibber jabber and that won't be the Holy Ghost either. That's why we have to try the spirit and see if they be of God. If somebody's talking in tongues and they still got an ugly spirit and an ugly attitude, that ain't the Holy Ghost. They didn't get the Holy Ghost that I got. It makes you nice to folks. Gives you a little patience. But here's how in type, if we're gonna use that type, you know, that, that you know, in the spirit, in the flesh, there's a type there. When my children, all three of my kids were born, you know, when the nurse came out or the doctor came out and said, Mr. Curry, you got a fine boy. But let me tell you, that's, that's exactly what happened. You know, I didn't hear Chad in there speaking some special language or something. I heard a noise. I heard a cry. And then when he got a little older, it was just gibberish. 
We couldn't understand him. We couldn't understand him, y'all. Y'all don't understand this better than a lot of people. We could, you know, you know. And so Laura, our daughter, she was a little older, and we, he'd be looking right at us. He, he knew exactly what he wanted to be. He couldn't. And 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 Laura'd say, "Oh no, I, we we didn't know what to do," you know. And she'd say, "Oh, here's what he's saying, Dad." And she knew exact. She could understand the, the language. I'm like. It wasn't very clear, though. Some of y'all know what we're talking about. She knew exactly what he was saying. He sounds kind of like that now. I'm, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but there was a, you know what? It was baby talk. And there's folks, amen, who've never spoken in tongues. And you might not speak in a fluent tongue. But you get hungry for God and you know what you want. Something will come out. We may not know what you're saying but you can't put it into English, into words, and you just cry out to God. You know what that is? That's the Holy Ghost. I said, that's the Holy Ghost. I want you to receive it. I want you to have it. And you can have it. God will show himself strong through those perceived to be the weakest and most helpless among us. And not only those who just are perceived to be, those who really are the weakest and the most helpless among us. Paul spoke of having a treasure in earthen vessels. Oh, we know what that is. We're just human. We're made out of the dust of the earth. Amen. That's what a a vessel, amen, a clay picture or something. That's what he's speaking of. Amen. But he was contrasting the great power of God within the weakness and imperfections of our humanity. Treasures in earthen vessels. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Apparently the Spirit of God willingly resides or lives in us regardless of our imperfections. Also, in some of that strong teaching, there's folks who teach, I don't know why I'm just throwing this out, but obviously it's for somebody. They teach that you gotta get yourself right and then God, but no, that's, that's that's, that's totally backwards from where it's supposed to be. Can I preach grace here a little bit? Amen. Can I preach the mercy of God and the blessings of God here just a little bit? Amen. Listen, you don't, you don't get good to get God. As men are, are more apt to take this approach than women. Amen. Men, maybe it's the pride of a man. I've just got a, I got a few things I got to get squared away. I got to get some things done. Listen, that's the trick of the enemy chances are you never will get all of that fixed. You can't wait till things get fixed. We don't do a very good job at fixing things. We do a good job of messing stuff up. We, we have to come to God just like we are. We come with all of the baggage and the odd ideas that we have and the weird ideas and we just bring all of that to God and say here I am can you do anything with this and yes the answer is yes amen God will take that 
You know, it wouldn't do any good for me to start hitting on the pulpit and setting rules and regular. We have some rules. Everybody does. You ought, if you don't, you ought to. But that's not going to, you can't legislate the things of God. God understood that. God never mentioned how anybody's standard was. Jesus, when he came in the form of Jesus, he just saved them and blessed them and healed them. Let me tell you, you get enough God in you, then you will get you some personal convictions. Then you'll get uncomfortable out in the world rubbing shoulders. You know, that's when he said, come out from among them and be you separate. We need to do that, but we get to, you know, the, the cart ahead of the ox. We need to get this thing right. You get enough Jesus in you. You get enough Holy Ghost in you. Then you're not going to want to do things that you used to do. That's why Paul said those things I used to do, you know, I, I don't do those anymore. Those things I used to love, now I hate. And those things I used, I hated, now I love. There's a, there's a, a, a total change in a person. But that's an inside job. Somebody said, it's all that's on the inside. Well, it starts on the inside, but I promise you, it's gonna make its way out to your countenance, your attitude. It'll work on everything from the inside out. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Psalms 18 and 19, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me, watch this, because he delighted in me. Now, that's very difficult for us to accept. God caring for us and even delighting in us. Now, that's the truth, folks. Amen. Right out of the word of the Lord. It's true because the Bible tells us. And that settles it. Remember the bumper sticker? I used to use it in my Bible study. A bumper sticker said, God said it. I believe it and that settles it. And the first time I ever saw it, I said, something's wrong with that bumper sticker. You can just leave out whether you believe it or not because that makes no difference. You ought to just be, God said it and that settles it. You not believing it's not gonna change anything. It might for you personally, amen. That's why I like how the word of God is written. In public speaking, you build yourself a platform, not literally like this, but, but, but you, know, you, you build yourself, you start out and then you build up to say what you really wanna say. And then you say it again, and you kind of, you know, put your landing gear down, and then you, then you try to be, have a smooth landing. But God doesn't have to do that. You open up your Bible, and you turn to chapter 1 of Genesis, verse number 1. He didn't have to build anything. You know why? Because he's God. He just simply said in the beginning. You know why we're fussing about whether it's creation or whether this thing just had a big explosion. It all just kind of fell you know, in place, and, you know, or whether we came from a little worm or something that crawled out of the river. You know, you know, we're just discuss- while we're discussing all of that, God just simply, when you start reading his word, he said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That settles it. I said, that settles it. But we think we gotta, you know, we gotta write volumes to build up to it and prove to everybody how smart we are. I read a book from a guy, very popular TV preacher. I just wanted to know. I feel like we ought to learn. I feel like we ought to be open, amen, to discussion. And and I, I got a book on the Trinity. I wanted to figure out what those guys saying about it and everything. In the very beginning of the book, he said, nobody understands the Trinity. I don't understand the Trinity. And I'm thinking, you know, what am I doing reading this book? 
and I just closed it up and laid it on the shelf and it stayed there. I want to read something from somebody that says, I have a revelation. I have an understanding of this. I'm not, I'm not going to read a book for somebody to repeat what somebody else said and then confess to you in the very beginning that they don't know what they're talking about. Well, those kind of books are out there, folks. They're all over the place. And we're silly enough to pay our money to buy such stuff. And people are getting rich off of us. That's not in my notes. Amen. John chapter four. I'll try not to keep you too long today. Amen. I'd like for somebody to decide while I'm preaching. Amen. I want that Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible said it's for whosoever will. And if you've never been baptized in water, the Bible talked about being buried with him. That's not an option, by the way. And I, I wish some of you who disagree, well, I wish you would call me and say, you know what, I, you know, I beg to differ with I said, okay, let's talk about it. I'd love to, I want to do that. Well, I don't feel like we have to do it. Well, let's just have a discussion about it. I'm not trying to be mean and, and, and know it all. Amen. There's so much I don't know. Well, let me tell you something. I do know a little bit about this. Amen. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must. Hey, David's getting baptized in a, little, in a little while here. This is one of the things that Jesus said you have to do. That's what must means. It doesn't give you an option. Listen, and I don't want to cross swords with every pastor and every church up and down the road here. I love every one of them. I hope I'm wrong on this, and I hope all of them, I hope we meet them in heaven. Because, you know, when you say that, you, what you, you know, oh, you must be against us. You can say that you believe a, it's the same spirit that when you say, I believe a, a marriage is, is between one woman and one man. I believe that's what a marriage is. Oh, you are, you're preaching hate. That's the same spirit. Who said anything about hate? We just talked about what a marriage is. That's all, that's all we're talking about. Well, that's what people do when you say, you know what? Hey, you, you must be, you, you must be born again. Oh, you, you, they give you the option if you want to. Listen, Peter, the man with the keys, he didn't say, oh, by the way, it'd be nice if you got baptized. Never said that. Now, we're talking about Bible. You can, you, you know, you can shoot the, uh, the messenger if you want to. You can curse the darkness if you want. Or you can light a candle. I'm just telling us the truth, folks. And I don't want to hammer on this thing. Amen. But when, when, the, when the, the Philip met that Ethiopian eunuch in the desert. He didn't wait around. Somebody asked me, can I get baptized? Absolutely get baptized today. I know people have set a baptismal, you know, for spring or summer or like, oh yeah, we'll have a baptism. No, you know what? Right then and there, he was, obviously Philip was preaching baptism to the guy. Read it for yourself in Acts chapter eight. Preach Jesus to him. And the, and, and, it didn't say what he, but he preached the plan of salvation and he preached about Jesus and the Ethiopian said, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Obviously, Philip was talking about being baptized and they came to a stop. Philip and the Ethiopian went down into the water and he baptized him. 
And by the way, it didn't say how, but in the original language, in the original trans, uh, uh, manuscript, it said he baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We knew how he baptized. We knew he didn't just decide to do it how he wanted to do it. He went right along with Peter and James and the rest of them. All right. Amen. But he didn't give him an option. Isn't it amazing how you hear people preaching about that? They preach about baptism and then they say, but we don't really, you don't have to be baptized. Do they just reach out in the air and get that that statement? I want to know where it said that in the Bible. Oh, but you don't have to. Oh, but you really don't have to do that. Oh, really? Where, what, what scripture's that? It's not there, I promise you. All right? In, in John chapter four, Jesus passed through Samaria and met a woman at Jacob's well. She was a woman with problems. Number one, she had family problems. She'd been married five times. Not picking on anybody. I don't care how many times you've been married. I'm just telling you what the scripture said. Number two, she had moral problems. She was living with a guy that she wasn't married to. Still not picking on anybody. And number three, she was prejudiced. She asked Jesus, how is it that thou being a Jew askest me for a drink of water. You know that the Jews and the Samaritans, which were half Jews and a mixture of other things, you know we have no dealings with each other. I mean, to put it all in a nutshell, this woman had her life in a mess and her whole situation is symbolic, and that's why we want to get to, of our world today. Now, we can put that back there in Samaria and leave it there, or we can say, you know what? Boy, there's these, those same situations, same devil, same world, different time. But that's same thing. And there are situations, there's people just like that woman at the well. Then we add insult to all this misery that she already was in. The drug business, think about it with me just a moment. Let's come down to earth here. Drug business is booming because of worry and depression. And the makers of Prozac and Valium and I don't even know, Oxycontin and I mean, they are faring well from a worried and depressed society. The alcohol business is cashing in on America's emotional dilemmas. I mean, we're, you know, people have problems that they do not have answers for. So they just go get wasted. There was a woman stood in my office and was telling me about her husband. She said, there's pornography in my house. He drinks. And I listened to her rant for a while. I'm leaving him. And finally, I just looked at her and I said, is he supposed to be in the church? I knew he wasn't. Well, no. I said, well, you know, he just does what people in the world do. He's a good guy. He just doesn't have the Holy Ghost. He's never been born again. He never has. So why are you going to leave him now? He just does what the see, I'm not blaming the world. I'm just telling you alcohol and drugs and pornography and all the other trash and everything that's going on. 
People just do that. Somebody's getting married. Listen, as folks go to weddings, they don't care what they're, I've been paid $50, Brother Green, to marry people. It's okay, I don't even charge. By the way, in this church, if you're a member of this church, I do it free. We give you the church building free. Our ladies, if you're part of this church, they'll help cook, they'll help bring food, they'll help decorate, they'll help do all kind of stuff. All of it's free. You know what people do? They'll go to wedding and they get to preaching out of the way. They don't care. You know, we'll pray and get that done. The big deal, they just all want to have a party and get drunk together. That's why years ago, I tell people, yep, I'll do the wedding. I'll do it free. If you want to give the church something, that's fine. I probably shouldn't say that. I, you know, probably no telling how many people be calling me about weddings. You know, oh, he's free. You know, I'm free, but I ain't cheap. <laughs> Hallelujah. If I'm going to do it free and I get to say what I want to say and I put the clincher on it. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know, people just, they just want to, but years ago we said, you know what, we'll get you married, we'll pray the prayer over you, we'll bless you and we'll shake hands, hug a few necks, but we ain't staying, we're not staying while everybody gets drunk. That's what they do. And people spend big money. I've done weddings, outside weddings, and while I'm still doing the wedding, beer trucks. I'm not, not just a truck. I'm talking about a beer truck. And they're unloading cases. And case. Listen, listen, folks. Listen, we need to change this. Amen. We, we need to come out from that. Because none of that stuff's helping us. When you get drunk, you are no telling how much. I mean, my grandpa, I tell you all about my grandpa. I'm way off my notes. But I remember him getting drunk and I'd go with him to the liquor store, a little, little store, I mean, just across the field from us and over on the road. And, and he was too drunk to, to you know, to uh, count his money. And, and, and he'd, uh, you know, he'd reach in his pocket and it wouldn't even be in a wallet. He'd just, he'd just pull out what he had. It'd be some money all wadded up and little change in there. And I'm a kid. And he's like, whatever it was to pay, he'd just hold his hand out. I'd pick whatever I wanted. If I was a thief, I could just got a, Quite a bit of money a few times, but I never would steal from him. But I could have took whatever I wanted. You, you, you take whatever needs there, and then you go pay for whatever we were buying here. Just out of it. That ain't the way to go, folks. I saw that at a young age before I ever got filled with the Holy Ghost, Brother Green. That there's got to be a better way. Because when he would wake up the next day sober, look, he'd be missing all kind of money. He didn't know where, what somebody didn't steal, it probably fell out of his pocket. Somebody overcharged, there's just no telling, amen, how, what he suffered just because he got boozed up. It's a trick of the enemy. I, I couldn't stand it then and I still can't stand it, amen. But that's what the world does. And that's why we're saying get to church, get with good sober people that know how to pray, amen, and know how to worship the Lord and know what the word of God says about the plan of salvation. Get close to people of God. Hallelujah. Amen. People have problems, amen, so they get drunk. When Jesus went to Jacob's well that day, he was not going for a drink of water, amen, but he was going to give a drink of water. That's why he was there. John 4 and 4 kind of touched my heart, amen. The Bible said, and he made, he must needs, that's King James language, he must needs go through Samaria. Uh, Samaria. And, and I read another version, and it said simply this, he had to go through Samaria. 
In other words, there was a force. It, you know, it seemed to me like he was a, the searching savior. Now, while there's folks here that's trying to decide and sift through all of this, I don't know whether that's right. I don't, you know, listen, ask questions. Let me tell you what Jesus is doing. Jesus is after you. I said, Jesus is, he's trying to touch you and bless you. He's trying to put you on the right track. Just, just cut to the chase right here. Amen, amen. What did he see? We've, we've got to talk about this. What did he see in this woman that seemingly had nothing to offer? See, that, that's, that's when you can really see the mercy and the grace of God. He doesn't go around looking for people with the most talent. What did he see in her? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> he saw a soul, and this is getting down where we're living right now. He saw a soul that was crying out for help. Some of y'all need to hear me. He saw past the outside right into the heart. The heart that was lonely, it was forsaken. She was thirsty for God. Now, I'm sure most of the damage was, you know, it was hidden least to the natural eye. The world had not been really good to her. And by the way, it hasn't changed. It won't be good to you either. That's why Jesus said, come out of it. Now we can't literally come out of it, but we can change, you know, what we like and what we don't like and what we accept and don't, we, we can make some changes here, make some adjustments. Hallelujah. World hadn't been nice to her. It had made it made her tough. It made her withdrawn. Amen. From the tender touch of the Spirit of the Lord. Made her distrustful. You couldn't blame her. I see people all the time. I put my hand out and they like, what is he trying to sell? <laughs> you ever had that? It should be nice to say, I don't know how to act. Because they've been mistreated. They've been cheated on. They've been took. Hallelujah. She had her walls up. She was suspicious of everyone, and I don't blame her. Amen. She was troubled and confused the day she met the master. I, I, I hope that I'm, you know, when I meet God, amen, that I'm at least, you know, have things in order enough to, you know, to recognize him. And you know how you'll usually meet him? Now, I know his presence comes and we feel it, but God usually speaks through a person. I've had folks, I've had folks say, well, you know, I'd, I'd lift my hands and clap my hands, you know, if God told me to. I'd come to that altar and seek for the spirit if God told me, you know what, Brother Ruck, here's what I do now. I've done it in Bible studies quite a bit. I'm like, okay, okay, get ready. God's fixing to speak. God speaks through men and women who have surrendered to God and said, God, you tell me and I'll tell them. You speak to me and I'll speak. I'm doing it right now. Amen. This Holy Spirit of God. Amen. This comforter that God promised to whosoever will. I don't know if I can do that. There's that suspicion again. There's that fear again. There's that doubt. Oh, you gotta watch those people, you know. 
You, hey, listen, you have permission from me. When we go off track, when we jump the rails and we start going off on something that's non-biblical, call my hand at it. Ask me a question. Why, you know, why are y'all going, being so, you know, straightforward? And why can't we all just get, you know, why can't we all just, you know, the World Council of Churches, I don't know when it came into being, probably the 50s, maybe, maybe before that. But, you know, what would the world would be wrong with, with everybody coming together and just being free? Let me tell you what's wrong with that. Because they want you to give up what's true and what's right. That's why the Jewish community and the Catholics and the Presbyterians and the Lutherans who, who just go for anything and everything just so we can go. Listen, I'm not into just getting along, amen, just for the sake of getting along. Let me tell you what, you get in truth. You don't have to cross swords. You don't have to be mad at anybody. You don't have to debate anybody. You just get truth and get full of God's spirit. Guess what? They'll do the separating. They're the ones that'll, oh, you know, you know so you, that's a lot of stuff you don't even have to do. Hallelujah, we don't fit in some places. I've got to finish right here, amen. This woman was troubled, she was confused, amen. And, and, and that's what the world does to us. We have to understand this. The world will get us in predicaments that we can't get out of, but you know, we just keep working. What am I gonna do? Get me a lawyer. And he ain't cheap. I get me a good doctor. I get on some good medication. Oh, that's all right. Nothing wrong with any of that. Amen. Hallelujah. But Jesus' supreme calling, his purpose, amen, is to seek and to save the lost. I, I just feel that God is about to demonstrate his power in someone right here today. Amen. Let, let me remind us again. God will forgive you of all of your sins. There's not a better feeling in the world than that right here. This is why a lot of, this is why a lot of folks just do that and that's as far as they go. I give my testimony and I'll just do it real short here. When I went to the altar as a kid and I repented of my sins, I just did what they told me to do. I said, oh, please God, forgive me. When God lifted that, if I had been in a Methodist church, not knocking the Methodist, but if I'd have been in a denominational church, they, they would have said, you're born again. And it would have been really, really hard for anybody to ever change my mind because I had never felt that before. It was, it was pure. I felt pure. I felt clean. I felt washed because when you ask God in sincerity to forgive you, guess what? God will do just that. But that's as far as people go. Thank God they go that far. But I had some elders and folks, Sister Jan, around me that said, well, God just forgave you of all your sins. That's why you feel so good. But Peter, the guy with the keys, he didn't just stop there. He said, repent, then be baptized, and notice the language of it, every one of you. It, it, the Bible's pretty clear with that. But he said, then the next gift is the baptism of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And so yeah, all you gotta do is start thanking God for the spirit and God will give it to you because he promised it and that's what I did. I'm just thinking though, if I'd have been in some circles, I'd have, they'd have said, oh, you're saved, now you don't ever have to worry about it. In fact, you don't even have to think about it anymore hardly. All that's done. No, it's a daily walk with God. That's why we call it a relationship with him. Amen. He's my friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's never gonna leave me alone. He promised to be with me. Hallelujah. I'm not going to give that up. I'm not stopping now. Hallelujah. 
He will put joy and peace in your soul today. Amen. You can become a new creature in Christ Jesus today. There's nothing impossible. You got something. Well, I don't know. If I, no, no. I said there's nothing impossible with him. He brings good out of evil. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Order out of confusion and chaos. Listen, you get away from God for whatever reason. I don't care what reason. I, well, I'm sick. I said that about somebody that's been out sick for quite a while. You know, I said, well, you know, they get, they get excused when they're sick. You know, you don't, you're sick, what are we gonna do? But you're still out. You're still cut off in a sense. And when you cut off, you get cut off, amen. I'll use this release, this all the time. You cut this, this, I started to say it's a perfectly good arm. It's pretty good and it still works. <laughs> but I cut it off and just lay it over here for a while. Guess what it'll do? It'll shrivel up and die. And that's where people are. People are like, oh yeah, I'm a part of that. They never come, I'm a part of that church. You know, I love the pastor, he's a good guy. You know, but I don't ever come. Guess what, they're, they're dead and they don't know it. No blood circulation in there. The nerves, amen, are all cut off and everything. So after a while, it just shrivels up and dies. That's why, amen, Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Listen, and he said, much more so as you see the day approaching. So that's why, amen, on Saturday night, I start getting my clothes ready. Hey, I get this right, get my socks. What are you doing? Man, I got church tomorrow. I can't be late. In fact, I got to get there early where I can pray a little bit. Let's all stand together. Amen. Music coming, make me sound spiritual. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to baptize somebody ever who's helping a, uh, the baptismal of a person. And by the way, if you're not scheduled to be baptized, you don't have to be scheduled. Just wave your finger. Uh, Brother Thompson will see that you get a robe and we'll get you under the water. Amen. In that watery grave... Amen. But we will get you back up and there will be a resurrection and we're going to call the name over you that's above every name. Hallelujah. That's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you'll be, you'll be baptized exactly like the scripture says. Hallelujah. Amen. God can bring order in your life. You just got to take a couple steps. He'll do all this for ordinary people. I said he'll do all this for ordinary people, just regular people. Hallelujah. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, just to hit the nail head just a little bit more on this closing scripture. And the vessel, and he's speaking to the potter, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred does that strike a note or what? Got problems here. Got a situation that was marred. Can't use that. He was in the hands of the potter. We know what that, that clay represents us, dirt, sand, dust. And then the potter represents God Almighty. But the clay was marred in the hands of the potter. Watch this. This is what's so beautiful. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. When you get sick and tired of what the world is doing to you, when you've had enough of the world dictating to you, 
Somebody said, well, you know, the church has got their hairstyles and their dress styles and the modesty and, and the whole deal. And people always have a problem with that. But the same people have no problem with what the world says to do. Folks, listen, think about it. I'm just trying to make sense to us. It's styles and fashions and fads. You know what we do? We all do it. I remember when the ties were narrow. Then they got wide. Nobody wants to be out of style. But guess what? They get narrow again. They done got narrow. I look, I pull one out of my closet. Look at that. I say, man, I ain't wearing that. You guys can wear it. Y'all young. <laughs> and these orange looking shoes. I said, man, I'm not wearing them. Look, I got a pair on. I saw some old pictures of my dad and some people like years ago that had shoes just like these. You know, if we could live long enough, we just put stuff back in our closet. Narrow ties, wide ties. I remember when they got so wide, they just covered everything right here. You know, you know we. Did, but you know what? We, we just question, oh, that's, what, that's the style. We just go do it. But this modesty stuff and hair, oh, I'm not doing that. No. But we do everything the world says do. I remember when people wear pants like Urkel. <laughs> and now, they, now you, you, you have to like, oh, when you go down the street, you see underwear that you don't want to see. Right. You know, I got this fantasy. I think Chad's got it too. I think I mentioned a little bit, you know, like if you had just a little BB gun, it wouldn't hurt bad, but it'd sting. And everybody you see walking down the street, flashing everybody. Like, like we want to see that. Just go, you know. Bee sting, little bee sting. Oh. <laughs> but you know why they're doing that? Anybody? They're doing that because that's what the world does. You hear that, Jack? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I love you, buddy. I don't want to see your backside. <laughs> but you, you do that because some force. Brother Ruck, some spirit, some attitude that don't care nothing about you. You fall in the ditch, you just stay in the ditch. The world will step on you, roll over you. But Papa and the church will bless you and help you and put their arms around you and feed you. I want to do more for the church. I said, I want to do more for the church. Amen. That's where I find God. Somebody said, man, I don't know how people, you know, the, the church this and the church that. I mean, I, I tell this, Sister Carol, once in a while. Amen. Backslid. Shame to tell you. Backslid. Just drifted away from God. Amen. As a teenager. Amen. Was miserable and just out in the world doing what I could do and knew better. Amen. But when I got back to the church You know, they had every right just to say, you know what, that boy won't do right, won't behave himself, all the church did for him, and then he walked away. That's exactly what I did. But you know what the church did? The church put their arms around me, Sister Allison, and just hugged me, and I felt that. I never forgot it. So for me to turn my back on the people who love me, I don't think so. I don't believe I'm going to do that. Amen. They love me when I didn't deserve love. 
You know why they did it? Because God was in the place. Somebody was praying. Somebody was believing. And that's what brought me back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's let God mold us. Let's let him fix us and heal us and deliver us. I hope you get a desire to be in his house. Amen. Because he's looking for you and searching for you because he wants to bless you and he wants to help you. Hallelujah. Amen. We're about to baptize. And again, if there's somebody else that's never been baptized, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, we'll just, we'll just do like the Ethiopian. Here is water. What doth hinder? Hallelujah. And put you down in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to do one thing before we baptize because we've got to stay biblical and scriptural and that's repent. Amen. Hallelujah. And David is, is, is the right name. I think it's David. Amen. This is a requirement according to scripture. Uh, you know, my mom many years ago used to say, yeah, about a certain person that was baptized. She just said, well, you know, they went down to dry center and came up a wet one. Says so that all the good it did. But if we repent, the word repent just simply means doing an about face. That's what repent means. I was going that way and now I'm going this way. All right. And so how you do that, you just say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. It's a, it's a confession that you can't do this on your own and you need help from God and you ask him to forgive you. That's basically all it is. You can do it all kind of ways. In fact, we're all sinners, remember? And probably we've sinned probably even since we got in church here today. Don't raise your hand. Don't confess. But there's probably things that we did right here. Like, oh God. And so every one of us ought to get in a habit every day of saying, God, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I'm a, I haven't asked God. I tell God to please forgive me for my humanity, my human nature, which is unlike God, all right? Depraved without God. Amen. Let's just ask God, all of us together right now. You can follow after me if you want, but we're going to ask God, David, I want you to do it, and I want you to do it verbally. Amen. In Jesus' name, God, we come to you in faith today, knowing that we have needs, Lord, knowing that we can't make it on our own. We certainly can't save ourselves, Lord. We need help, and we're sinners. Hallelujah. God, I need your help. I ask you, Lord, amen, for forgiveness. I repent before you, Lord. I repent of those things that I don't even understand and don't even realize that they're sins. But I need you, God. And I please ask you, Lord, to please forgive me of every sin that I've ever committed. Wash me clean, Lord. Please forgive me in the name of the Lord. I am sorry for my sins. I want to make a change in my life. I need your help. And I ask it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. David, we have had, I couldn't tell you how many people since God said repent and we're about to and be baptized, every one of you, and he tells us how in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, then ye shall 
received the gift of the Spirit, gift of the Holy Ghost. We have had so many people that when they come out of the water, it's what I, it's what I uh, request that you do, that we're going to lift our hands and we're going to begin in faith. That's how faith works. You, you thank God. It's, you don't have to beg anymore because it's a promise from God. And you thank God for this wonderful promise of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. And we've had people begin to speak in a heavenly language. doesn't have to be fluent. It could be. It may be stammering lips. But it won't be something that you're knowledgeable about. It'll just, it'll be your mouth. It'll be your voice box. But I want you just to begin to thank you, Jesus. But it'll go from English to something else. And if it does, just let it go. That'll be the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Y'all ready? Amen. Brother David, you ready? We're going to get you down, but we're also going to get you back up, all right? Amen. But let's remember, we're going to all pray with you. Amen. We're going to lift our hands, and we're going to just give thanks to the Lord. Amen. And in faith, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost, and you just accept it and just let it go. doesn't matter what it sounds like, all right? Amen. Brother David, upon the profession of your faith... And in obedience to the great holy word of the Lord, we now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give thanks to him. Let's give thanks to him. Yes, so wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful. Beautiful, glorious, matchless in wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful, beautiful, glorious. Praise, let's give him praise, let's give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful, beautiful. Jesus, come on, let's believe God for this man right now. In every way, wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful, beautiful, glorious. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Wonderful. Glorious, matchless in every way. Here in your presence, we are undone. Here in your presence, heaven and earth become one. Here in your presence, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. all things are new. 
your presence everything bows before you here in your presence we are under come on let's give him praise let's give him praise here in Hallelujah. your let's presence thank you thank you Jesus heaven and earth thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you here in your presence all things are new here in your presence everything bows before you say you're wonderful beautiful glorious matchless in every way 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 one hallelujah lord Matchless in every way, wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Here in your presence, we are undone. Here in your presence, heaven and earth become one here in your presence all things are new here in your presence everything bows before you here in your presence we are undone here in your presence heaven and earth become one hallelujah god bless you thank you for coming today amen you have a wonderful day don't forget to pick up the bulletin amen find out what's going on keep up with what's going on shake hands amen with each other be nice be friendly Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Don't forget, don't forget the uh, meeting in the back. Hey, don't forget the auction. That's right. Don't forget to stop by the table, make a bid. Amen. Make some money for the quizzers. God bless you. Young people, if you yet to make right, paying your money for riot, see Brother Bryant.